Hello, uh, this is Eli Shaubi. We'll continue today with chapter 8 of Ilkhot Shehita. Uh, we have until now spoken about the different uh, some of the different types of terefot. We said that there were eight types of terefot. We looked at the derusa, which is the one mentioned in the Torah of an animal that is attacked by a predator, and also the nekuva, an animal that is, has a puncture. Uh, and today we'll be beginning a two types uh, that are hasera and netula, which are uh, kind of similar. We'll be looking at, we'll, we'll see what the difference between them is. Hasera means that something is missing of the, uh, of one of the, the organ is missing, uh, that the animal was born without the organ or that the organ was removed from the animal. And the netula refers to the fact that the animal, that the organ was removed from the animal. Uh, but does not refer to a case in which uh, the animal was born without that organ. Um, we'll be looking at the various uh, laws regarding these two, and we'll begin with the hasera, uh, literally, which means missing, uh, and the animal that is missing one of its organs. Okay. Alakha Aleph. Hasera kesad. Shene evarim hen sheim hasar minyanam terefa. Uh, there, uh, what is the case of the hasera of if it is missing an organ? There are two organs that if the animal was missing one of them uh, in its count, uh, meaning in the amount of the that organ that it's supposed to have, that then it is considered a terefa. And these are they, and these are they, the lung and the uh the the hind legs uh the the hind limbs the the two the two back legs of the animal so uh so if either he is missing one of the lungs or if he is missing one of his legs he uh the animal is a terefa okay what do we mean by missing one of the lungs uh we'll be dealing with the lungs first and then afterwards we'll co uh, continue to the legs Okay, there are five lobes uh, in the lung. Uh, when a person uh, hangs the lung or hangs the animal uh, with his hand uh, uh, by its uh, front legs, right? So if you imagine how like a butcher normally ha uh, hangs the animal after he has already slaughtered the animal, right? Where uh, he's hanging him uh, by his by his legs with his uh, with his head uh, with his head uh, towards the ground and his back and his legs hanging up on top, right? And then uh, it ends up being that the uh, that the all the organs are upside down, right? Because the animal is flipped. Um, so when you hang the animal like that, and such that the uh, that the lung is facing us, uh, right? That the front of the lung is facing us. Uh, then it has three lobes on the right and two lobes on the left. Um, there's a picture down here. I'll show you in another picture. This is how the lung of a cow looks. Uh, we discussed this a little bit in the last chapter, 
uh, but now we'll go a little bit more in depth about the lobes themselves. Okay, so this is uh, the lobe uh, of, of the cow as he is if he's standing upright. Okay, so if he's standing upright, so what we see here on the right, uh, uh, again, this is for the people uh, watching the YouTube channel and looking at these pictures. Uh, what we see here on the right is called, is considered the left lobe, right? Because what is on our right is on the cow's left, right? Because if we're looking at him, so his left, his right is our left and our right is his left, right? So what we see on the right here is the left lung and what we see on the left is the right lung. Uh, the right lung has, as we discussed in the last chapter, has a, a cranial lobe, a middle lobe, and a uh, caudal lobe, right? The cranial lobe on top consists of two parts, the cranial part and the caudal part, and then the middle lobe, which is only on the right lung and not on the left lung, and then the caudal lobe on the bottom, which is the large lobe, which Hachamim call umhare'ah, right? So we have the umhare'ah and three unoth, three uh, various smaller lobes on the top and the right on the right lung, and two unoth on the left lung, and then umhare'ah. In addition, we also have the accessory lobe, also called the intermediate lobe, in the middle, uh, which is a smaller lobe that is also a little bit on. Uh, like on the left here, right, it is on the right lung, right? Uh, and the way that we see it here is not the way that Rabenu is, uh, is describing it since for this, this animal is upright. In the picture that Rabenu is uh, explaining, the animal is flipped upside down, right? So all of this is upside down. And then what is what we see on, the, on our right is also the right lung, since our right, uh, <laughs> the right lung is flipped upside down. Instead of being on the left part, it's on the left side. It's on the right side. Right? If you imagine this whole picture flipped 180 degrees, um, and then umhare'a is on the top, and the unot are on the bottom, and then so too the uh, the intermediate lobe, which you see here is facing a little bit towards the left, and Rabbeinu's picture will be facing a little bit towards the right. Okay. So, here we see, Hamesh unot yesh Okay. Um, okay. Okay. And on the right side, so again, on our picture was on the left, but here, and also in the way that it, it is in Makbili, the way that they drew it here, they also drew it as if the animal is upright, but on the, it's on the right side, according to Rabbeinu's picture, since it's upside down, um, and it's on the right lung, uh, right? So on the right and on the right side, there is like a small lobe. 
And it is not on the sides of the uh, of the lobes, meaning it's not uh, it's not on the same uh, uh, on the same plane as the other lobes. Rather, it is uh, it's it's kind of on top, right? It's towards the uh, ch the chest of the animal. And it has like a uh, a sack, right? In the same way that we saw that the holong uh, sits in a sack, so and and so on, and also the heart and other things, right? So this intermediate lobe also sits in a sack called uh, the mediastinal recess, is the sac that holds the uh, accessory lobe in the cow, um, and it sits in that sac. And this small uh, lobe is what is called the varda, uh, because it looks like a vered. It looks like a rose uh, in its form, and it is not included in the count, right? Meaning, so we said that. So the count is that there are three lobes on the right lung and two lobes on the left, and then each one also has an um. Uh, and if it's missing any one of the of that count. Then it will be a terifa. The the accessory lobe is not included in that count. Um, here's another picture that you can see how it looks uh, more uh, in like uh, in a more realistic picture. Right, so you can see a little bit. It looks a little bit like a rose. Uh, also, its color, right, and that's where it gets its name from. Lefikach im lo nimset haveret muteret. And therefore, if the vered, if the accessory lobe is not found, meaning it's missing, then the animal is still permitted. Since this is normal, that there are some animals that have an accessory lobe and some animals that do not have an accessory lobe. Not all animals have accessory lobes, and therefore, if it's missing, it's not considered to be uh, a lung that's missing a part of it, right? For example, humans also do not have an accessory lobe in their lung. But if there is a puncture in the accessory lobe, even though the uh, its sac uh, feels the puncture, this is a terifa. Uh, so if it's missing, then it's not a problem. But if it's there, then it's treated like the whole rest of the lung, and a puncture in the accessory lobe is a puncture in the lung and makes the animal a terifa. If there uh, were uh, missing, right? If we subtracted from the count of the unot of the lobes, uh, such that we found that the left lobe, that the left lung had only one lobe, or that the right lung had only two lobes instead of two and three, there is one or two. Then this is a third. But if we found that on the right lung, there were only two lobes instead of three, 
but there was also the Varda, there was also the accessory lobe, then this is permitted. Since uh, the existence of the, of the accessory lobe is not necessary uh, for the count, we can include the accessory lobe that we have found as if it were the third lobe. Uh, and then there are three lobes and it is permitted. If the two, if the uh, the lobes are switched between the right and left lung, such that we found that the left lung had three lobes and that the right lung had only two lobes without a uh, accessory lobe, because right? if it had an accessory lobe, then that would complete it to three. Or if that if the uh, accessory lobe uh, is in, is is with the three that are on the left lung, then this is a terifa, uh, meaning so we have three on the left and the accessory lobe, right? Um, so this would be four, and this is a terifa, since here. Uh, the right lung is missing one of its uh, one of its lobes, right? So even if we had two on the right, so if we had two on the right and also the accessory lobe, that, that would be fine since we would just include the accessory lobe to complete three. But if there were two and an accessory lobe, but the accessory lobe was to the left, then we cannot include it within the three of the right. Al-Khaddalit. If the uh, number of lobes in the lung were added, right? So we have extra lobes in the lung. If the extra lobe was on the sides of the lobes, or if it were in front of the uh, lung, which is towards the heart, then this is permitted. Okay. Uh, hold on a second. I'll show you. A picture this uh, this picture so you can understand the directions that Rabbeinu is describing here is if you imagine the uh, cow standing on its four legs uh, as like normal while it's alive and then we took a camera and uh, and went uh, from the anus and inwards okay we removed in this picture we already removed the intestines we removed the stomachs we remove the kidneys and so on and so forth. As, uh, no, the kidneys are here, but we removed uh, the stomachs. We removed uh, all the other things that are there. Uh, we removed the liver. Um, and then uh, all that is in the abdominal cavity. And then there, the diaphragm, which is this white uh, sheet that we see over here uh, that has some blood because... 
of the liver that was torn out. Um, so uh, this diaphragm, which separates the abdom abdominal cavity, which contains uh, the, the, the stomachs, the liver, the kidneys, etc., it separates that, that from the thoracic cavity, which contains the lung and the heart. So here you can see the lung behind the uh, behind the uh, diaphragm. Right here, two cuts were made into the diaphragm. Through these cuts, the butcher would insert his hand in order to check for any sirchot, to check for any adhesions that uh, through that he can tell if the animal is kosher or not. Uh, Right, so he would do his initial check like that. So here you can see that the uh, uh, right that and and above, if if you go up that, you can see here the uh, the chest wall, right, the rib cage, and down would be the heart towards the chest of the animal. Okay, so if the uh, so we, we see that uh, that uh, that downwards, right. Um, right, on the ventral side towards the chest, that is the heart, right? If the, uh, if the uh, extra lobe is there, then it is kasher. If the extra lobe, however, is dorsal, meaning it's up towards the back of the animal and facing the chest wall, then it would be a terefa, right? So let's see that again inside. Um, if the extra lobe was on the sides, meaning on the lateral or medial sides of the lung, uh, where the uh, other lobes are, or if it were in front of the lung, which is towards the heart, which is also towards the chest of the animal, right, the uh, ventral side downwards, then this is permitted. But if it were on its back, right, which which is permitted because this is also normal because that's where the uh, that's where the intermediate or accessory lobe normally would exist, right? It's normal for the lobe to have for the lung to have an accessory lobe on that side of it. It's not normal for it to have another lobe on top of it on on the back of it towards the back of the animal. Right, so if but it but if the the extra lobe was on its back, which is towards the ribs, then this is a terefa, because any addition is considered also to be like a subtraction. Right, so if there's if we have an extra if we have an extra piece of the organ, this is uh, equivalent to it missing that organ. And this is so long as this additional. Uh, lobe is the size of a leaf of the myrtle uh, of, of a myrtle uh, tree a myrtle uh, branch right think of the hadassim that we use in the lulav on sukkot right so one of those leaves right if the lobe has to be a minimum of that size uh, but if it is less than that size then it's not considered to be a lobe so it's not an addition, and then the animal is permitted. Right, so 
ואם נסמכו שלא על הסדר, כרון שנסמכה הראשונה לשלישית, טרפה... אוקיי. to one of the other lobes, right? We spoke in the previous chapter about adhesions uh, that can make the animal be considered a terifa. And there, we were, we, when we spoke about adhesions there, there were always adhesions that caused the lung to stick to the, uh, to the rib cage, right? To the chest wall of the animal. Um, they were not adhesions that caused the lung to stick to itself. Right, so now we'll be talking about adhesions that from uh, where the lung is sticking to itself from one lobe to the other. Right, so if, uh, right, if, the, uh, if, a, if there was a, an adhesion that stuck from one lobe to a lobe that was next to it, right, so for example, from the, uh, uh, from the, uh, the second lobe, right, the caudal part of the cranial lobe, to the middle lobe in the right lung, or from cranial part of the cranial lobe to the caudal part of the cranial lobe, right? The two parts of the cranial lobe, the two top parts, right? So one that's next to the other, then uh, this is permitted. But if the adhesion uh, was not on two lobes that were one after the other, but rather from the upper lobe, uh, from the cranial part of the cranial lobe, lobe right? the top one in the right lung, to the middle lobe, right, to the third, the, the third lobe, right, so it skipped one lobe, then, uh, the, right, this is the first to the third, and this would be Teresa. Al-Khavav. Nimse'u shteha unoth ke'una achat, ve'enan nir'oth ke'shtayim devukoth, אם היה ביניהן כמו עלה של הדס, בין בעיקרן, בין באמצען, בין בסופן, כדי שיוכר שהן שתיים דבוקות, מותרת. ואם לאו, הרי זו חסרה וטרפה. If there we found two lobes that seemed to look like one lobe, right, that they were so stuck that it looked as if it was just one lobe, Uh, and you couldn't tell that it was two lobes. Then, if you see between them a fissure, right, like a, a crevice that is even as small as the length of a leaf of the hadas, of the myrtle branch, right, the same way, the same leaf that we spoke about in the last halakha, right, but now in terms of the length, right, if it had a fissure or a fissure or a crevice that was that long, whether that fissure was, or that, that crevice was at the root of the separation of the lobes, right, towards the body of the lung, or if it were even in the middle, uh, in the middle of the, of the lobes, such that the lobes were connected on top and on the bottom, but in the middle they were separated, or at the end, uh, which is how it normally is, right, such that It makes it recognizable that these are two separate lobes that are simply adhes that there's an, there are adhesions they're stuck one to the other. Then it is permitted. But if not, right, if they, you cannot tell that there is a separation, you cannot tell the difference between them, then it is as if one of them is missing and it is considered a terifa.
לחזיים. נמצאת כולה שתי ערוגות, ואין לה חיתוך אוזניים, דרפה. If the whole uh, lung were found to be like two pieces, two rows, right? We spoke, there, there is the right lung and the left lung, so it still has a right lung and the left lung, but it looks, but it has no divisions between any of the lobes. This is a terefa. You can see that, for example, in this picture over here on the left. And so here you have two lungs and there are no divisions between the various lobes. This is such a lobe that is a terefa. Uh, since uh, none of the lobes are separated. וכן, אם חסר גוף הריאה, אף על פי שלא נקבה, הרי זה כמי שחסר מניין האונות הוא טרפה. And so too, if the body of the lung were missing some of itself, even though there is no puncture, this is as if it were missing uh, part of the Uh, numbering of the lobes, uh, and it is considered to be a terefa. Therefore, לפיכך, אם נמצא ממנה מקום יבש עד שיפרח בסיפורים, הרי זה כחסר וטרפה, אפילו היה כלשהו. Therefore, even if we, if we find that on the lung there is a part of it that is dry, such that if you were to go with your fingernail, it would fall apart, Uh, this is considered to be like a lung that is missing one of its lobes uh, because it's missing a part of its uh, body and is considered a terifa. And even if this is only just a, in a little bit of the lung. Al-Khahit. Re'a כמו עיקר חריות של דקל, או סרין או סח מספק, שזו תוספת משונה ברופה, או שמא התוספת בגוף כחסרון, כמו שאמרו במניין. A lung that was found to be already fully blown, right, which is normally it's not blown, and you need to blow into it in order for it to blow up, right, and, uh, right, So if it were already fully blown, like the root of the branches of the palm tree, right? So here, uh, the palm tree has, uh, has uh, the palm branches, right? If you think of already a fully grown palm tree, then it has the palm branches where the leaves, the leaves of the palm uh, have already spread out, right? And that gives it, it its nice look. But before the leaves spread out, The uh, branch is more like a spear uh, in the way that it is in our lulavim, right? That's how a lulav, uh, we come to have our lulavim. A lulav is simply a palm branch where the leaves have not yet spread out from the stem or from the, the stem of the branch, right? So, and in the palm tree, you have the bottom root from which the stems come out, um, right? And that root is this hard, like circular uh, piece, right? That is already like a full, uh, full like uh, a full piece, right? So if the lung were like that 
like that root from which the, uh, the branches of the palm are coming out, um, right? So, so it was already blown up and it was already hard like that. Then we prohibited it out of doubt because this is a very strange addition in the body of the lung, uh, right? Because normally the lung is not hard and already fully blown up in the inside like this. Uh, so we suspect that this addition in the body of the lung is like a subtraction, like we said regarding the count of the lobes of the of the lung. An animal that uh, was afraid uh, until its lung had dried out and uh, right and it was almost fully dry. Um, then we uh, th then it depends if the uh, animal was afraid because of some natural event. Right, something that happened by the hand of uh, by the hand of God. Right, some natural event, such as it heard uh, thunder, or it saw lightning, or something like this, from which it received a an extreme shock, uh, such that its lung was damaged. This is permitted, but if it uh, if its fear was caused by man. For example, such as if a person slaughtered an animal, another animal, in front of this animal, uh, and so, uh, or something like that, uh, and when the animal saw uh, the other one being slaughtered in front of it, it got so shocked because it was afraid of being slaughtered next, uh, then this, uh, and, it, and its lung was damaged as we described, then this is considered as if it's long if it is missing and is considered a terefa. Um, its condition is uh, uh, well known in meat industry, is called uh, dark, firm, and dry meat, or DFD meat, um, that which is caused by this extreme stress or exercise. Of uh, or, right, uh, the stress that it gets by the shock of seeing another animal being slaughtered, uh, which happens uh, not infrequently, um, right? And when this happens, uh, the meat of the animal, uh, right, becomes dry like this, right, uh, because of. Uh, because of the the stress that the animal uses, ends up makes makes him use many of the glycogen reserves that he has uh, that he that he has there. Which normally, after being slaughtered, those same glycogens are used to uh, produce lactic acid, which is a part of what makes the meat uh, more 
more red and more uh, uh, and not as dry. Um, and because that lack, there's less of that lactic acid because of this, uh, because of the stress that he felt right before the slaughter, uh, the meat ends up having this effect. Um, and usually is not is 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 meat that is less uh, likely to be sold uh, in in the modern meat industry because it is of lesser quality. Okay, so we saw that if this is caused by natural causes, then it is permitted. Though, if it's caused by man, then it is not permitted. So, how do we check to know what caused it? Okay, so how do we check to know the difference? We take the lung and we place it in water uh, for a period of 24 hours. If it were during the winter and it was, a, it was cold outside, then we put it in lukewarm water in a utensil on which the water doesn't, uh, doesn't drizzle. Uh, from the sides of the of the uh, utensil um, and doesn't drip, uh, so that the uh, so that the water won't uh, cool down very quickly. So it will remain lukewarm. And if it were during the summer when it was very hot outside, then we put it in cold water and in a utensil uh, where the water does uh, drip along the sides, so that the uh, so that the water remains cold. We put the lung in that water. If the lung returns to its uh, original condition, meaning to the condition that, to the look that it should have had originally, then we say that this was done by natural hands, right? That the, that the, that the fear uh, that the animal experienced, the shock that he experienced, uh, was caused by natural causes and therefore is permitted. If it does not return to its uh, to its original uh, uh, situation, then we say that it was caused by by man and is the and is a terifa. Um, the reason I, I think that this uh, check uh, what well, I think what it is checking and how it works is that the um, Usually, if it is caused by man, then it is caused in this way, in the same way that Rabbeinu just described. It's a situation where uh, the animal saw it, it slaughtering another animal right in front of it, right in front of it. And normally, in such a case, the that same animal that just received a shock is next to be slaughtered. In fact, that's the reason that he was in shock because he understood that. Um, and usually, uh, so in that case, because the animal just received the shock and is then slaughtered, uh, it is more likely that uh, 
that this situation where it will not be able to return to its original situation, uh, that that will be caused. However, if the shock was caused by natural causes, such as lightning or uh, thunder or something like this, then usually the animal has a significant amount of time uh, to de-stress, um, which might uh, allow it to kind of reheal, and this uh, check might therefore be uh, efficient regarding it. Okay. With that, we conclude uh, the uh, laws regarding the lungs, and now we will go to uh, a uh, the terefot of the of when uh, one of the legs are missing. An animal that was missing one of its uh, back legs from the beginning of its from its birth is a terefa. Um, and so too, if it had an additional leg, right? If it had three legs in the back. Because anything uh, that is additional is considered as if it has also is, is considered like a subtraction, uh, as we have as, as we have already seen. Aval im hayula shalosh yadaim o yad achat muteret lefikach im nechtach yad shelah muteret. But if it had three uh, hands, right? And as we saw in the earlier chapters. Uh, regarding the animals, the two front limbs are considered yadaim, and the two back legs are considered raglaim. Right, so when, it, so it's not uh, exactly as we say in English when we talk of the animal's legs, we mean all four legs. Um, here, uh, not all of them are called legs; only the back two legs are called legs. Right. So if, and the front two are not included within this law of hisaron, of a subtracted uh, leg. So if there were three hands, or three of the front limbs, or only one of the front limbs, right, if it were born like that, then it is permitted. And then, so too, therefore, if even one of the uh, front limbs was cut off, it is also still permitted. Okay. Um, here also I'll give a uh, just a short introduction to show what it looks like. Okay, this is the uh, the hind, these are the hind legs of the of the cow. Um, we've already spoken about some parts of the leg. I'll just go over the main joints and bones here, uh, so you can understand what Rabbein was talking about. The front the top joint over here is called the hip joint, which we have already seen in a previous halacha, uh, in a previous chapter. Right, the hip joint. Uh, uh, from the hip joint comes out. The femur, which is the primary, which is the top uh, uh, bone here, which is called the yarech in Hebrew. This connects to the stifle joint, 
which is over here. The stifle joint is comparable to uh, our knee, right? So the hip joint is comparable to our, our hip. The stifle joint in the animal is com comparable to our knee. Um, from here, here there's a few bones, but the main bone here is the tibia. The tibia comes out from the stifle joint. And then the tibia ends at the tarsal joint, or also known as the hock joint, um, which is comparable to our ankle. Um, and then under the tarsal joint, or the hock joint, is the tarsal and then the metatarsal bones. Uh, which will then connect to the feet and so on and so forth. Um, okay, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, okay, so we said, uh, okay, so if uh, the leg of the animal is cut, so then if it's from the arkuba, arkuba means joint, if it's from the joint and upwards, is a terifa. If it is from the joint and downwards, it is permitted. Which uh, which joint are we talking about, right? The we're talking about the joint which is at the end of the femur that is closest to the body, right? So again, right? So here's the femur. We're talking about this joint that is close that is at the end of the femur and closest to the body, uh, uh, closest to the body because. Uh, Oops, sorry. Because as you can see in this picture, right, this is where the stifle joint is, right? That's the joint that we're talking about, the stifle joint, right? So at the stifle joint is is closest to the end, uh, to the to the bottom, uh, or to the to the chest of the animal, right? To his, uh, to his, the bottom of his, his body, right? Uh, and that's why that's what Rabenu is referring to here. Okay, so if the cut is above that joint, then it is a terifa. If the cut is below the stifle joint, it is permitted. If the bone that is above the stifle joint, right? So, uh, um, right. If this bone were uh, fractured, um, right, and the, uh, right, this is referring to the uh, to the femur. Right, the bone that is above the stifle joint. Um, so if uh, most of it, sorry, one second. Sorry, I I, I apologize. The, the 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 stifle joint. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, what I said was correct. Um, yeah, so if the that bone is broken, if all of it or a majority of it uh, exits to the outside, um, it is like someone who uh, his leg was cut and he fell, 
And this is considered like a terefa. Okay. Um, but if the flesh or the skin of the animal covered the majority of the thickness of the bone or uh, and the circumference of the bone that was fractured, then this is permitted. Uh, and even if some of it uh, fell out, uh, right, some of the bone fell out, right, um, and was fractured and was destroyed, right? Um, see what, what Rabbeinu means by this picture on the bottom here, right? So here, for example, the bone is fractured. It is breaking through the skin. Uh, so you can kind of see some of the bone, right? But the majority of it is still covered by the skin and the flesh. Uh, so this would be permitted. Uh, the word gid in, uh, in rabbinic Hebrew uh, can refer to any of the uh, arteries, veins, ligaments, or tendons. Um, they have only one word for all of these things, and they don't differentiate between them. Um, here, uh, by uh, Rabbeinu uh, uh, specifies and says gidim rakim. And by gidim rakim, he means only the arteries and the veins, which are weaker than ligaments and tendons. Uh, as we'll see in the next halakha, there he says gidim akashim. And those, in the next halakha, he's referring to tendons, but those can be either tendons or ligaments. Uh, ligaments being uh, the tissue that connects bone to bone, and tendons being the tissue that connect bone to muscle. Here he's referring to the arteries and the veins in the uh, in this part of the leg. Uh, that they are not considered to be like flesh, right? So if so, uh, so when we say that the majority of that uh, that the skin or flesh needs to cover a majority of the uh, thickness of the bone that was fractured and its circumference, the veins are not included as something that are is covering it. The the uh, right, the um, which is referring to the Achilles tendon of the animal. We'll I'll go into that a little bit in a second. The somethagidin, both in the behemah and the domesticated animal, and in the wild animal. Um, is above the ankle, or as I said, the hock joint of the animal. Right here, you can see the same picture that we said earlier. So here is the uh, the tarsal joint or the hock joint, right? And the somethagidin are right above that joint. Uh, they are above uh, that joint in the place. Uh, uh, the place that that there the that's where the um, the butchers normally 
hang the animal from. And they are composed of three white uh, tendons, one of which is thick, and two of which are thin. Okay. Here, I'm going to also bring up this picture. Okay, so here we can see uh, the, uh, the leg of the animal. Okay, here, this bone is the tibia. Okay, we have up here the stifle joint, right? And over here is the tarsal joint or the hock joint. Okay, and now here on the right, we can see here three pieces of tendon. One is here, this white, this outer, uh, on the outer uh, end of the picture here. A second piece is over here, this that connects up to this bigger piece of muscle, right, over here. And then in between them, or what looks as if it's in between them, is over here. In reality, it's not in between them. It is, uh, think of this three-dimensionally, it's really on the other side of them, right? It's deeper in. Uh, it's on the other side of the leg, right? But it's like behind them, right? Uh, and that is the third uh, tendon. Now, these are the three tendons that Rabbein was referring to. Now, the three tendons are called uh, the superficial flexor tendon, which uh, the superficial flexor tendon is this outer tendon. Okay. This tendon on the left is called the tarsal tendons, uh, both of the biceps and of the semitendinosus. Okay. That's this uh, tendon over here. And then the, the tendon that is uh, farther in on the other side is called the gastrocnemius tendon. Okay. Uh, the gastrocnemius tendon is thicker, is the thick tendon. Uh, right? Rabbeinu just said that there is one tendon which is thick and two which are thin. The, this one is the thick tendon. Uh, and these two that we can see here are the thinner tendons. You can see them also in this picture. This is a zoom in of the uh, of the uh, of the joint of the hock joint. Okay, so here too, this outer tendon is what we said was the superficial flexor tendon. This uh, small uh, band that comes out here is the tarsal tendons, right? And then behind them, you can also see, is the gastrocnemius tendon. Here on the left picture, it is a picture that's taken from the other side. So here you can see that, the gastrocnemius tendon well, and the other two behind it, right? So here, this tendon over here is the gastrocnemius tendon. And you can see that it's thicker than these two, okay? You can also see that they're white, uh, as Rabbeinu describes. And, uh, and, sorry. And here is the pictures of the bones, right, that, uh, that the tendons are, right, because the tendons are connecting bone to uh, muscle. So it's uh, this bone, which is called the uh, calcaneus bone, which is like the heel, right, the heel of the ankle, right? They're connecting that bone together with uh, the muscles farther up, which are the gastrocnemius muscle, uh, also called the calf, uh, the soleus muscle, the semitendinosus muscle, and 
the biceps, or some other muscles up there. Okay, these three, the plate, these three tendons together are called uh, in Hebrew the somet hagidin. In English, we call them the common calcaneal tendon, uh, which is in uh, also known as the Achilles tendon. And so the Achilles tendon or the common calcaneal, calcaneal tendon are composed of these three tendons together. Okay. Right, so they are the three white uh, tendons, one of which is thick and two of which are thin. And from the place that they uh, from the place that they begin, where they are hard and white, right? That's the place uh, that I just showed you. Until the place where the whiteness of them uh, starts to disappear, and they begin to become red and soft, right? Uh, and this this is the place where they uh, meet the muscles, right? Because as we said, they start, they connect with the bone and meet and connect them to the muscles, right? Or connect the muscles to the bone, right? So they'll meet the muscles, right? So the place where they start to become red and soft, right? The place where the muscle begins, that area is called somatagini, right? From the red until the muscle, until the bone. And the length of this is about 16 fingers, uh, length in the ox, right? Which, according to the Matabili uh, edition, is about 32 centimeters. Okay. Alachayot Dalet. Uminyan Gidim Elu Baof, Shisha Asar Gidim. Tahilathan, Minha Anev, Minha Ainav, Shilemata. Okay, and the number of these uh, these uh, uh, tendons in the chick in the, the bird are sixteen tendons, right? So as opposed to the three in the animal, we have sixteen in the bird, um, and they begin from the anav that is under the extra of the bird. So here the bird, uh, uh, I didn't bring a picture of this, but the bird has uh, th has three uh, has three toes at the end of its uh, at the end of its foot. You can see them in this picture uh, over here, uh, which uh, which uh, in the Macbeth version, right? They have as three uh, three fingers. And then it uh, that are facing forwards, and it has another uh, toe that is facing uh, backwards. And this extra toe is called the etzba Um Now, above that, uh, there is another piece uh, that is like a little bump, um, which you can see in the male uh, chicken. In the female, it's a little bit less pronounced, so you don't uh, recognize it as much. Um, and, uh, and and there, 
Let me see. I'm, I'm in, uh, Okay. Yeah, so here, uh, right here you can see uh, this uh, extra piece, right? Um, picture is a little cut off, so you can't see it all the way, right? And then above that, you have a bunch of tendons, right? And then over here, uh, you have the ankle, or right, the, the hock joint, right? Uh, just like our ankle, right? And then from and then upwards is what we all know as the drumstick, right? Uh, that's the part that's above the hock joint, right? Uh, we don't normally eat the the part that is the the foot of the of the chicken, um, right? And so, sorry. So from the beginning of that of of, of that piece that's above the uh uh oh, sorry that's uh that's uh from this little uh enav enav means like a grape right from this little uh, uh bump that is under the uh the extra toe until the end of the uh until the end of the leg uh where it has all of its uh all of its webs uh over there it has 16, uh, 16 uh, tendons. And you can see that in this picture as well, um, where here you can see all of the various tendons. Uh, when it's broken, this is right where the drumstick of the chicken is. Okay. <laughs> An animal which uh, its leg was cut at the place of the summit of Gideon, at the place of the Achilles tendon of the animal, is a terefa. Okay. Okay. Okay, do not be wondrous, right? Don't say, how is this possible, right? Don't, uh, don't, don't have it wondrous in front of you. That How is it possible that uh, if... Right, because we said uh, if it uh, is cut, right? How is it possible if the the leg is cut above the Achilles tendon, then it is permitted until if you cut it from above the stifle joint, right? Because uh, as we have already explained, that if you cut it above the stifle joint, it is permitted, right? And then if you cut it from the stifle joint to the Achilles tendon, it is I'm oh, sorry, if you cut it above above the stifle joint, it is prohibited. If you cut it from the stifle joint to the Achilles tendon, it is permitted. And then if you cut it from the Achilles tendon in the part of the Achilles tendon, then it again is prohibited. Uh, right? So it seems like it seems very strange. Um, because how could it be because you have a part that's prohibited, then a part that's permitted, and then a part that's prohibited. 
And you would think that just if the leg is cut off, then it's a terefa. And if the leg isn't cut, then it's not a terefa. So why is it why does it matter at what point in the leg is it cut off? Regardless, the leg is cut off. Um, so Rabenu responds uh, to this question and says that in regarding terefot, it is possible for it to be cut here and for it to live, or for it to be cut here and for it to die. Right? It does. It, right, the the what will cause it to die is not the fact that its leg is cut. Depending on where its leg is cut, it might live and it might die. And the, the animal did not become prohibited because its leg is cut, right? That's not the terefa that we're talking about here, um, right? Because the leg is cut in this place. Rather, the reason that we that it is a terefa is because its tendons were cut, and that the cutting of them is what makes it what includes them in the terefot, as we will explain, right? So. Uh, um, right, so this this whole question of why does it matter and what part of the leg is cut, uh, Rabbeinu says is not a good question to ask because it is not because of the cutting the leg that it becomes terefa, rather because the tendons are cut that they are terefa. And in this area where it is permitted, there are no tendons, rather there is only muscle, muscle and bone. With that, we we have completed the halachot regarding the terefa of hasera, and now we will begin with netula. Uh, and uh, hasera being an, uh, that the one of the organs was missing, and netula being one of the, that it was taken. Netula kesad shelosha evarim hen sheim nitelu terefa ve'af alpi she'en bahen lo din netev ulo din chesron. There are three. Uh, the, the removing. Uh, how how do we define the removing of an organ? There are three organs that, if they are removed, they are a terefa. And even though uh, none of them has any laws regarding if they are punctured or if they are missing. Uh, Right. Still, if they are removed, they are terefa. And these are they. Uh, the Achilles tendon, the liver, and the uh, upper jaw. Anachayo design. Uchvar be'arnu, sheha behema shen nehtach ragla, wachen ha'of bimkom somet ha'givim, lo na'asu terefa illa mipene shen nehtechu ha'givim. Lefi kach. We have already explained that the animal that is that uh, its its leg has been cut, and so too a bird uh, who's been cut in the place of the of the of the Achilles tendon, they they only became a terefa because their tendons were cut. Therefore, if the tendons were alone were cut and the leg remains right meaning the bone and the whole muscle and everything of the leg stays intact and it's only the tendons that were that were cut then this is the then it is a terifa 
since the Achilles uh, ten, uh, tendon was removed. If in the behema, uh, this is so too in the in the bird. If in the behem, if in the animal, uh, only the thick tendon, right, meaning only the gastrocnemius tendon, was cut, then this is permitted, since uh, the two thin tendons remain, right, even though the Gastrocnemius tendon is a majority of the tendon in terms of the in, ter in terms of the amount of tissue that there is. Since it's not a majority in the number of tendons that there are, uh, since it's only one out of three, it is still permitted. <laughs> Uh, if the if the two thin ones right were cut right so if the superficial flexor tendon and the tarsal tendons were cut but the gastrocnemius tendon still remained then it is also permitted since the 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 one that is the thickest right the gastrocnemius tendon uh, is larger than the other two, uh, such that uh, the not the, the uh, such a, that it wasn't the case that the entire Achilles tendon was removed, uh, right? And by the entire rabenu uh, here means even a majority, right? But even a majority of the of this area wasn't removed; rather, just a minority of it. <laughs> If a majority of all three of them were cut, such that in this case you have both a majority of the uh, of the total amount of tissue, as well as uh, three out of three, right? So a majority of the number of of tendons, then it is a terifa. Uh, we don't even have to say that if uh, all of them were cut or if all of them were removed, right? Uh, so uh, the point here is that you need both a majority of the total amount of tissue and also a majority of the number of the tendons, right? Such that I think that even if the gastrocnemius tendon were cut and one of the other thin ones were cut, but not the other one, then this would also be a case of terefa even though Rabbeinu doesn't say that explicitly. Regarding the bird, even if a majority of just one of the 16 were cut, it is considered a terifa. A bird whose uh, wings were broken is permitted, just like an an animal whose front limbs were cut. Right. Uh, so a broken the bro broken wings in the bird do not make it a terifa. Alif. 
כבדה שניתנה כולה טרפה. ואם נשתייר ממנה כזית במקום שהיא תלויה בו, וכזית במקום מרה, הרי זו מותרת. הידלדלה כבד, והרי היא מעורה בתרפש שלה, מותרת. ניטל ממנה מקום שהיא תלויה בו, ומקום מרה, אף על פי שהשאר חיים כמות שהוא, טרפה. אוקיי. Still here, just another picture. Um, okay, so this is a picture of uh, just like the picture that we saw earlier, as if we were going in uh, from uh, the anus of the animal, right? Uh, this was the picture that we saw earlier. So here we have already removed uh, the, uh, the intestines, the stomachs, and the liver. Um, And all we remained with was the kidneys in the abdominal cavity, and we had cut a part of the uh, a part of the uh, diaphragm so that we can see the lungs. But here in this picture, the diaphragm is still whole. We have not yet opened the sacs of the kidney, and we have not yet removed the liver. okay? So this picture is the same situation. Uh, just that we have not yet opened. So you can see the diaphragm as it is still whole before it is cut open and the, uh, and the kidneys before they are removed from these sacs, right? So, and here is the, uh, the liver, okay? The red, this red object. The liver, uh, as you can see, is stuck, it, 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 right, is on the diaphragm uh, in some parts of it. Okay, as well, we have here the mara, the gallbladder, okay, which we talked about in chapter six. Okay, the, uh, okay, so let's, let's read the halakha. Keep this picture in mind where you see the, uh, the liver stuck to the diaphragm as an area that the, that the gallbladder is stuck to it, and, uh, and from there we'll uh, read the halakha. So a liver whose that was removed entirely is a terefa. Okay. If a little bit of the liver remained, such that there was remained an olive's worth in the place in which it hangs, and an olive's worth in the place of the mara of the uh, of the uh, gallbladder. Uh, this is permitted. Okay. Sorry, one second. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, okay. So if, uh, okay. So we have here, two locations that uh, Rabbeinu is referring to. It says, uh, first I'll deal with the second one since that is easier to identify. If there is an, right, so if we removed most of the liver, but we left an olive's worth in the place where it connects with the, uh, with the uh, gallbladder, okay? So the, uh, the liver has a number of, Fossae, 
uh, a fossa is uh, a shallow, um, shallow depression or a hollow, okay? Um, like where something can uh, kind of uh, stick with, um, as, as a number of these. Uh, here, uh, this is the gallbladder fossa, right? The place where the gallbladder uh, sits in the uh, in the uh, in the liver. As well, we have the makom shihi teluyabo, which is referring to the inferior vena cava uh, fossa, okay? The place where the vena cava is is sticking to the liver. The vena cava is a uh, uh, what brings the blood right uh, back from the liver to the heart. Okay, we spoke in chapter six about uh, the uh, the hepatic artery and the portal vein, uh, the two uh, larger arteries that uh, uh, bring blood uh, to the liver, right? That bring uh, uh, oxygenated blood to the liver, and that bring blood uh, that contains the various nutritions from the um, from the digest uh, from the digest uh, digestive or uh, tract of the animal, the intestines, and so on. Um, right, so those supply the blood to the liver, and then the uh, vena cava brings the blood from the liver back to the heart. Um, and from there, right, and and, uh, and and this is what Rabbeinu means when he says the maqom shihit al-wiyabu. Okay, you can see that in the picture. So this is the picture here. I'll show you another picture. So this is the uh, this is the uh, part of the of the kidney that we were looking at. Uh, sorry, the part of the liver that we were looking at. Okay, here is the uh, gallbladder uh, and the uh, gallbladder fossa is behind it, which it's covering. Okay, here you can see the opening to the portal vein, and also the the red is the artery, right? The uh, uh, the hepatic artery, and here on the side, over here, you can see the um, inferior vena cava, which comes into the middle of the of the liver okay uh like in the middle here this side which is the side that we couldn't see this is the side that's facing the diaphragm the one on the right picture on the right is the side that's facing the diaphragm okay that's the opening and this is the same these are the same pipes from here it goes up to the uh and from here it goes up to the lung. Okay. Um, right. So if just a little bit remains in those two places, then it is permitted. If the uh, the um, the liver were hanging, right? So. It's, the liver is also connected to the diaphragm, right? There is a, a coronary ligament which connects the 
uh, connects the liver to the diaphragm. Okay, so uh, if, however, this were removed, right? So you started ripping it off from the diaphragm, but it, you still left a little bit, right? So it were hanging. So the liver was just hanging, like by a thread, right? By a few here, uh, by a few pieces, uh, right? So if the liver were hanging, but it is still connected uh, to the diaphragm, the tarpesh akaved is is the diaphragm. Then it is permitted. If a um, it were removed, if the part that it uh, right the inferior vena cava fossa and the uh, gallbladder fossa were both uh, removed, um, but even though all of the rest of the liver were still uh, were still there, just as it normally is. This is a terefa, right? Meaning that those two places are the places that dictate whether it is permitted or not. Okay, if uh, a an olive's worth remained in the uh, in the gallbladder fossa, and an olive's worth in the inferior vena cava fossa, um, but uh, this olive's worth, but all of the rest of the of but the, but the liver, it the, the amount of the liver were separated. There was a little bit here and a little bit here. Right, and it wasn't uh, wasn't like a whole piece. Or if the liver were merudad, if it were uh, literally diluted, right? I, I think it means like it were diluted and made like very thin, such that it's like uh, practically the liver, right? It's very thin. Or if it were very it was just like this very long strip, right? That were that was connecting them. Then this is. A case of doubt, right? Since we still have the, uh, an olive's worth in both places, so uh, it, so it's a case of doubt. And Rambam here says that it seems to him that this should be prohibited. Um, I think why he is saying this is because even though there is an olive's worth in each of them, because uh, they are so thin, or because uh, right, it's just this little strap it's as if they don't really exist at all um and i think that is why he thinks that they are prohibited either way even without uh Rabbeinu's opinion uh since it is a case of doubt so either way it would be prohibited out of doubt at least uh even if not prohibited with certainty <laughs> The upper jaw of the animal that was removed, uh, this animal becomes a terefa. But if it were only the lower jaw that were removed, uh, such as if it were kind of torn out, 
all all the way until the area of the two of Simanim, of the trachea and the esophagus, so long as they haven't been uprooted from their spot, because what we saw, if they're uprooted, then this makes it a prohibited, then uh, so long as they're still in their spot, this is permitted, right? It doesn't matter that the lower jaw were removed, it is only the upper jaw that makes it a terefa. Uh, and every organ that we said regarding it, that if it were missing, then it is a terefa, and so too, if it were removed, is a terefa, right? By missing here, Rabbeinu means that it were born without that thing, right? So if uh, any, uh, right, uh, so we said if it's missing, it's, uh, one of its legs, right? So it was born without one of those legs. That makes it a terifa. Then so too, if the leg were cut off uh, or were removed, uh, I mean, there it was regarding the tendons, right? But as we saw, and that also makes it a terifa. But, aval, ever bo im nital terifa, enah ella im nechtach otho ever. Um, but, uh, on the other hand, every organ about which we said that if it were removed, it is a terifa, then it is only prohibited if it were cut, if that same uh, organ were cut off and removed. But if it were, if the animal were born with, uh, without that organ, if it just was missing that organ from birth, then this is permitted, uh, right? Uh, so we see that the case of hasera of it missing an uh, an item is more stringent than the uh, organs that are prohibited because if if they were taken, and so anything that says if it were missing, uh, any any of the organs which we said that if it were missing is the terefa, we include both if it's missing and if it were taken. Uh, and thereby it is more stringent. If, but the organs that we said that only, or that we said that if it is uh, removed, then we mean only if it were removed, and thereby being more lenient. Sheim lo tomar ken nimset ahasera vanetula ahadhi. Right, because if we didn't say this regarding the netula, if we didn't say that it is more lenient and that the netula does not cover the case of if it were born without that. Uh, same uh, organ, if we didn't say it regarding this, then it ends up being that the hasera and the netula are the same thing, all right? And we wouldn't need both of them. Uh, and so this is what distinguishes them. And so too, any organ which we said regarding it, that if it were removed, it is permitted, then all the more so that if it were missing from birth, that it, uh, that it is also permitted, right? Since that is more stringent, then obviously that would also be permitted. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
an animal whose um, whose uh, womb was removed, right? And this womb is the uterus. Um, or if the uh, kidneys uh, were removed, then uh, this is permitted. Therefore, if an animal were born with only one kidney, right? Because normally we have two kidneys. Right? If it were born with only one kidney or with three kidneys, it is still permitted, uh, right? Since uh, because we don't, even if we were to say that uh, if it's missing or if it added one, it's like it's missing, a missing kidney is not one of the terifor. And so too, if the kidney had a puncture, it is permitted. Even though a kidney that if it were removed or if it were missing is permitted, if we find that one of them is extremely small, um, then is a terifa. Now, what is this measurement of small that makes it a terifa? So, in the thin animal, right, like a sheep or a goat, uh, then the small is like the size of a pool, like a, a bean, like a fava bean. And regarding in the thick animal, like a cow, then it is until the size of a grape. Uh, and, and that is the minimum size for it to be. Uh, if it's any, if it's that that size or smaller, then it is terifa. Then, im la kesa hakliya, vehu shiye ase besara kifsar hamith shiv ish ahar yamim ki im tohaz bimiksato it masmes weipol vegiya holy ze ad haloven shebetoch hakliya. Uh, and so too, if the kidney were damaged, um, what do we mean by damaged? We mean that the flesh of the kidney was made such that it was like uh, dead flesh uh, with, that rotted after a couple of days, right? And it looks like it rotted, such that if you were to grab onto it or hold onto a piece of it, it would like, like just... Uh, it would come apart and just fall apart, right? So that's the type of, that's what we mean by the kidney that was damaged. And this disease that uh, afflicted the kidney reached all the way to the whiteness that is inside the kidney. Um, now, the, this is referring, uh, so, uh, okay, so this is a terifa. This whiteness that we're referring to is uh, the um is are these tubes right uh the right the uh inside the kidney there are these tubes that bring uh urine from the kidneys to the urinary bladder okay um because what does the kidney do the kidney takes blood and kind of uh um uh, is able to uh uh, uh find things that are that need to be excreted and also takes out some excess water, and with that forms urine, and sends that to the urinary bladder through 
the ureters uh, in the kidney. Um, and these ureters are uh, what are referred to by these white, the whiteness that is inside the kidney. And so too, if we find in the kidney, uh, like mucus, uh, some kind of fluid, even if, uh, any kind of fluid, even if uh, the fluid is not, uh, if, um, it doesn't smell bad, uh, or if we find in it water, which is uh, like dirty, right? We see that it's like not clear, or that it's, or that the water smells bad. Then this is also a terifa. But if we find in it water that is clear, then it is permitted. Uh, and with that, we conclude chapter eight.